ASEAN Conversations is brought to you by UOB. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. You know, as we enter the end-of-year travel season, ASEAN is seeing a resurgence in travel as borders are reopening and the region continues its recovery from COVID-19. But at the same time, you've got customers becoming more digitally savvy and, of course, they're expecting their digital journeys to be seamless. They want it simple. They want it integrated, allowing them to perform transactions of different nature, such as bank, lifestyle, all within a single platform. So what are things looking like in terms of trends when it comes to consumers' travel sentiments as we head into this hot travel season? And how is UOB as a bank supporting their customers and their travel ambitions to fuel the economy's recovery? With me is Jacqueline Tan, Head Group Personal Financial Services for UOB. Jacqueline, good morning. Morning, Elliot. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to be able to talk travel. It's something that we all look forward to. (laughs) Uh, But I suppose, Jacqueline, can we start off with uh, UOB's 2022 ASEAN Consumer Sentiment Study? What was the aim of this survey and what were some of the highlights for you? So um, we conduct the ASEAN Consumer Sentiment Study on an annual basis. uh, And this is the third year running that we've been doing it. Uh, it's conducted online, reaching out to more than three over 1,000 consumers uh, over five markets, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, as well as Vietnam. And the intent of these studies is to understand the consumer trends as well as the insight, see how shifts have been happening, and especially more concerning, especially in the last few years, where we have seen a lot of disruptions that's been happening in our everyday lives. And it's essentially helping us understand consumer insights for us to better design solutions to serve our consumers overall. Mm. I like when you talk about consumer insights because the first thing that comes to mind is where does optimism stand in all of that? I mean, uh, how are we looking like in terms of uh, travel recovery? You know, it's a great question. And as we approach uh, the year end, um, what we have also seen is uh, a huge bounce back of the region's uh, travel industry as borders have started reopening. There is increased optimism, of course, where I think from our survey, we've seen more than 70% of our consumers indicating optimism towards international travel resuming in the next one year. And something closer to home, right, uh, Elliot, Uh, in Singapore, we see that number about 63%. And in fact, in addition to the optimism in international travel, more than one in two are optimistic about our COVID-related restrictions Mm. on out-of-home activities to be lifted in the next one year. So I would say the overall positive sentiment, being hopeful, grateful, happy, calm. And it also comes with the back of um, the reduction of COVID cases that we've seen across the world consistently, a good vaccination rate, Mm. and of course, the resulting in the reopening of borders. So great trends that we are seeing towards the festive season for year end. So safe to say, I mean, if we were to talk about the particular factors that have led to this optimism, that is, it's really around COVID management. And of course, some time has passed since we've implemented right. these these COVID safe measures. That's right. I think there has been um, positive uh, trends across mm. all. Uh, and from our survey, in fact, uh, with these positive sentiments, four in 10 actually saying that, you know, with uh, the optimism even in travel and the uh, reduction in all these um, restrictions, four in 10 actually say they're more happy to travel okay. Uh, okay. in uh, 2022. And that's a 30% lift uh, from what we saw last year. Uh, and when we looked at the top spend categories uh, across all the four markets, five markets that we surveyed, travel comes in in the top five 
Okay. Um, categories and we do see you know based on our data uh, increase in airline spend as yeah. well as even hotel bookings yeah. the average ticket sizes have also increased so i think um there is a resurgence in travel or vengeance travel as some would say it uh towards the year end that we see it's interesting because I, I feel like we've been using the term revenge travel for, what, the best part of six months now. Diving more specifically into how people are spending uh, where revenge travel is concerned, what are you looking at in terms of the anticipated spending patterns? We know people are spending more on, on flights. Hotels, I suppose, is one of them as well? Yeah, definitely. Flight, hotel and accommodation, um, mm. Definitely. Uh, what we do see as well, uh, aside from the travel spends, where it breaks down into hotel, accommodation, F&B, which is food and beverages, um, dining or even retail spend. In fact, about hotels and accommodation take up about 30% okay. of uh, individuals' average travel spend. And retail shopping, about 25%. Mm. Uh, and then dining, about 20%. But you know, it's a great point that you brought up, Elliot, with regards to the shift in consumer spend. Mm. So aside from travel, Actually, in the last two years, we have seen really changes across consumer spending as a whole with the rapid adoption to digital, mm. a shift towards e-payment, mm -hmm. uh, as you've mentioned uh, earlier, displacing cash as a mode of payments. And we have seen growth in both credit as well as debit card spends, as well as alternate payment modes. And in Singapore, uh, in our survey across all the five, five markets, we saw six in 10 actually made payments with their credit and debit cards in the last one year. And that's the highest uh, in the five uh, ASEAN markets that we surveyed. Uh, that's also translating to the growth in billings that we have seen. Okay. Uh, in fact, actually, some have even asked me, you know, um, in fact, overall billing spend spending has gone back to pre-COVID levels wow. or even higher than pre-COVID levels. Uh, in fact, it's uh, grown 30% year on year and more than 10% higher than what we saw in 2019. Mm. So that optimism... Mm -hmm. is uh, and the discretionary spending is encouraging overall. Yeah, this must be good news, and especially with you will be in the forefront of all of this. Uh, I suppose it's also down to how people like the convenience of these uh, uh, integrated banking services in that sense. That's right. You know, one thing that came out very evident in the survey, Elliot, is that consumers, um, as the reopening and going through the last two years where there was rapid digital adoption, mm. there is also an increased expectations for banking services to offer both seamless on to offline. The whole integration of when I do banking, mm. digitally, self-serve or assisted through a banker, offline channel. So we call this the importance of growing an uh, a omni-channel banking um, strategy, mm -hmm. which allows the customers to bank whichever way they prefer. Uh, and based on the survey, what we have seen as well, customers um, uh, prefer engaging uh, with a banker or assisted services, especially when it comes to more complex financial services, when it comes to wealth planning, mm. a goal-based wealth planning, or even long-term considerations of borrowing needs like mortgage loan. Okay. However, for simple services, they are very happy to embrace it digitally 24 by 7. And based on the survey that what we have seen, uh, more than 78%, for example, an application for a credit card or even mm. a deposit account, they are very comfortable to do it online. Okay. Uh, or even looking at their rewards, right? We're talking about card spending. When they look at how much rewards they have earned, more than 88% are very comfortable of doing that online. So what we have seen is the importance of being able to serve customers, both digitally, self-serve, as well as assisted. And the demand is there and the preference is there. And it's important for it to be simple as well as intuitive. I was actually going to touch on that because I, I was wondering, and it was a bit cheeky of me, 
if I spend more on my car, it means I have an expectation <laughs> for some kind of reward. Is, is this is this a common consumer sentiment that we're seeing now? That That's expectation right. of reward. <laughs> yes, I mean we 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 talked about increased expectations yeah. overall in terms of how they're being served. That that of course doesn't exclude rewards altogether. <laughs> You know, um, consumers overall, um, they want value, yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they want banking products or propositions uh, that tailor to their lifestyle spending, mm, mm. whether it is through cashback, through miles, through rewards, or whether me as a lifestyle, whether I'm a group, globetrotter, deal hunter, trendsetter, you know, I would like credit cards or value propositions that suit my li- lifestyle mm. because consumers at the end of the day want value. Mm. But on top of value, they also want deals that are relevant to them and timely. Mm. You know, gone are the days where we are bombarded with a lot of offers and deals out there. And it's difficult to to decipher what's most relevant. And that's where smarter money management comes Mm. into play, uh, where banks use data, uh, transactional spending data of consumers, when they spend, where they eat, how they transact. Uh, and use AI-driven insights to recommend relevant deals. Uh, and that means, for example, if travel's of interest to you, or if you're more of a family man, how would you um, prefer to dine, where you prefer to shop? Uh, these are things uh, that I think becomes more relevant to consumers. Uh, and then the last but not least, aside from value, aside from deals that are more relevant and timely, uh, deals, things that needs to be simple as well as transparent. Yeah. You know, we talked about rewards, right? The yeah. big things. You know, everyone is start shouting about 10 times rewards, 5 times rewards, 3 times rewards. I think where consumers now demand is um, how am I able to track my spend, categorize it, and able to see how much rewards that I've earned uh, on each simple transaction. And that we can facilitate it through our mobile banking app, Yobi mm. Tomorrow, for example. Uh, because, you know, aside from the, the 10 times, 5 times, you know, they're always, oh, this excluding this, excluding that. So I think the simplicity and transparency to allow customers to see it uh, on their mobile banking app on the go becomes a great benefit to them altogether. Yeah, builds a lot of trust as well and, and such a precious commodity. With everything that you've explained, you really show how competitive the banking landscape is. I mean, I wish we could go into more detail on that, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but Jacqueline, based on what we've talked about, right, I'm curious, with all these trends in mind, what should we expect of the upcoming year-end travel? What are you anticipating? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, year-end, um, school holidays have also started, the mm. festive season. We would expect a discretionary spend on travel to continue to be on the rise. Uh, whether it is travel for short hauls, long hauls, and it's evidence from the demands on flights as well as hotel bookings that are full or even mm-hmm. hard to get, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, we do see consumers also using their miles that they've accumulated over the, the past few years to redeem for flight mm-hmm. or to pay for their travel spend. Uh, so the accelerated burning of their rewards that we do see. Uh, we do see customers looking for uh, propositions that bring them value uh, in fact, in the last six months, we've seen an increase in application for our miles card or even mm. our Chris Flyer credit or debit card or even our multi-currency account where you can set a preferred foreign currency for your foreign purchases. And, you know, we do see Singaporean spend, uh, like what I've mentioned, overall spend has gone back to pre-COVID level. Today, the cross-border travel spend is about 85% of where it was in 2019. And we expect that to come uh, on par uh, in the next couple of months altogether. So for Yobi, if we look at the overall trends uh, and insights uh, overall, 
as a regional bank uh, with a large ASEAN footprint, uh, and we serve more than 7 million uh, customers, especially with the recent uh, acquisition of the city consumer banking business in Malaysia as well as Thailand, uh, we believe that we are well positioned to serve the um, uh, banking needs and the consumers living as well as connecting within ASEAN, supporting their cross-border travel payments as well as wealth needs. And for a year end, we have exciting um, programs that's going on. Uh, we're giving away first-class tickets. In fact, 32 pairs of first-class tickets to anywhere in the world for our UOB card holders, as well as more than a 1,000 deals where you can shop, dine, or travel, and it's easily accessible through our mobile banking app. So a lot of exciting things uh, along the way. Mm. More importantly, for us to tailor relevant services for our customers uh, when they need it, and uh, as well as the time where they need it as well. So yeah. exciting times for it us. It is, it is. I mean, as you were explaining the pre-COVID numbers, I was going, yeah, I'm, I'm back on two long holidays per year. Sounds about right. I Sounds about back right. From three ho- three, three there you go. <laughs> there you go. Jacqueline, just fi- some final thoughts. I mean, if I'm a UOB sure. customer listening right now, what will you say in terms of how UOB is supporting uh, consumers' travel plans in the months ahead? What are you guys doing? I know you've mentioned uh, some earlier on, but what else are you looking at? Aside from what I've mentioned with regards to um, the giveaway of first-class tickets, as well as uh, deals that we've curated, um, we've also have an online travel marketplace uh-huh. uh, called the Travel Insider, okay. uh, where we work with uh, local insiders to be able to curate ideas, um, insider tips, pers- uh, allowing customers to personalize their holiday itineraries or book the best flight deals as well as accommodations uh, around the world. So it's something that is um, uh, available to all consumers uh, and gives you one of the best deals uh, around. We've also worked with uh, like-minded partners um, such as Singapore Airlines, uh, e-commerce, travel partners, as well as top retail mall around the region. Uh, And in Singapore, it's like um, Ion or Mm -hmm, even uh, Jewel or even top fashion retailers like Club 21. Mm. So at the end of the day, aside from providing value uh, where it's relevant, empowering consumers uh, to track their spend in a simple and transparent way on the go uh, with their mobile banking app are some of the great progressive solutions that we have introduced uh, to make sure that we keep up with the everyday consumer lifestyle as well as uh, life stage spending mm-hmm. patterns. Wow, that's a good one. Oh, really exciting times ahead. I've been speaking with Jacqueline Tan, who is Head Group Personal Financial Services for UOB. Jacqueline, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks for having me. ASEAN Conversations is brought to you by UOB. You are unique. At UOB, it's what drives us to do right by you.